This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, November 24th, 2015. I'm Caleb Brown. How police use drones should be on the agendas of every state legislature in America next year. The new technology poses both risks and benefits for the public. Connor Boyack is president of the Libertas Institute in Utah. He spoke at the State Policy Network's annual meeting in October. Technology is uh, allowing cops to have all manner of ability to violate rights in ways that they couldn't do it before. So how is, uh, how is Utah dealing with the proliferation of law enforcement drones? So in early 2014, our organization, Libertas Institute, together with the uh, ACLU of Utah, passed comprehensive legislation on this issue, trying to really stay uh, ahead of it. In Utah, it hasn't become a huge issue. Really, no law enforcement agencies were yet utilizing these to any significant significant degree. Uh, but we wanted to, to stay ahead. And so we enacted pretty restrictive um, requirements on law enforcement who wish to use drones, basically so that they have to get a warrant. I mean, that's really in a nutshell because of the privacy and surveillance implications of these devices, especially with how small some of them can be. People can be surveilled and not even know if the drone is as small as a mosquito, for example. So we want to make sure a judge is aware and signing off on it. What prompted that? So in Utah, there's actually been a very significant uh, criminal justice and civil liberties appetite in the past few years. Um, Our organization has proposed a number of successful reforms across the board, and this was part of a package. This one was driven uh, initially by the ACLU along with our help, and I think nationally the ACLU has been very concerned about the proliferation of this new technology, and so we jumped into the mix and were able to get a really good law passed in Utah. What's preventing other states from from doing the same thing? What's interesting about some of the reforms that we've gotten done in Utah is that we were ahead of the curve, and so we did not have the constituency of law enforcement agencies who had grown accustomed to circumventing uh, the warrant requirement and uh, had become accustomed to that and wanted to maintain the status quo. And so whether with Stingray devices, which can surveil uh, the communications of your cell phone, infrared devices that allow police to look through the walls of your home and see finite detail, or with drones, in Utah we've been able to enact some of these laws before agencies have acquired and started to use this tech. And so we haven't had the opposition in law enforcement that in other states they have had because now you have police chiefs and sheriffs who don't want to have to go to a judge, who don't want the reporting requirements. They want to keep doing what they've been doing for months or years. In Utah, fortunately, we haven't had to deal with that issue, which has enabled us to pass a lot of these laws and prevent that abuse down the road rather than having to push back against the abuse that's been happening previously. What uh, advice would you have for folks in other states that would like to prevent police from using drones willy-nilly? Certainly, I think looking to other states, uh, Utah, but also others, is is a really uh, good first step to look at model legislation that can be done elsewhere. Uh, the second thing I think is if even if you face a little bit of opposition in your state, the best place to start usually is transparency, reporting requirements. Don't try and enact regulations and restrictions. Simply try and assess uh, what is happening and. From there, you can gather data and make better decisions rather than relying on anecdotal stories or what's happening in other states. Um, That's how we've done a little bit of our reforms is not necessarily to go in and regulate, just to go in and enact reporting requirements to say, look, the public has a right to know what's going on. And then down the road, we can decide if there's an appetite for reform. What have other states done? Um, There's been a variety of different legislation uh, as it pertains to drones. 
Uh, there are so many other uh, issues, though, that are encompassed under this umbrella of technology and surveillance. One of the concerns that we have as you look broadly across the states and even at the federal level is it seems that uh, our legal institutions always lag behind technological innovation, and rightly so. Government doesn't, legislators don't innovate and change the law with the speed at which uh, the technology sector can innovate and create new things. The unfortunate thing is that that enables law enforcement officials to acquire these devices and use them this tech before uh, the Supreme Court, for example, has caught up, or before their state legislature is aware. You even have, in many cases, agencies that outright defy uh, the legal institutions. For example, the Supreme Court uh, several years ago had a ruling uh, regarding radar devices that law enforcement were using and said, look, you need to get a warrant to use this. And we even anticipate future development of this technology, which we now have with infrared devices. Um, and those will be subject to a warrant. And yet, late last year, the USA Today reported that at least 50 agencies around the country were not getting a warrant. We're using these devices to look through people's homes. It's the same issue with drones, that in too many cases, uh, the state legislatures have deferred to the Supreme Court, which isn't going to enforce its own rulings. And in many cases, those rulings are sketchy. So we think that state legislatures need to be in the mix. Uh, we need to understand that the Supreme Court sets a floor and not a ceiling, even if they say something is allowed, even if they're muddy on an issue, state legislatures can go above and beyond that. And in fact, they should, because the Supreme Court does not have a stellar record on protecting civil liberties. Same issue with drones. The state legislatures should get in and make sure there are reasonable restrictions on when law enforcement can use this uh, awesome technology. I mean, I'm a technologist. I love the, the potential application, uh, even on search and rescue and things like that for drones. And yet it has to be balanced against public safety and privacy. And those are considerations that state legislatures can't advocate to the Supreme Court. And to be fair, there are several different ways that drones can be used in perfectly legitimate ways that reduce the risk of uh, bodily injury to other folks on the on the street or police officers. Absolutely. Uh, one of the things that the Utah bill did was make sure that there's notice given to those who are surveilled through a drone. So under traditional physical warrant requirements, if police want to come in and search your home, they're going to present you with a copy of the warrant, and therefore you understand exactly what's been authorized and who authorized it. We feel as we get into this virtual world, whether with stingrays and, and capturing stuff on your cell phones, uh, looking through the walls of your home, or with drones surveilling from the sky or through windows what's happening, that those same uh, notice requirements are given so that the individuals who are subjected to this law enforcement inquiry at least understand that it happened to begin with and then have a forum and a process by which they can contest that and push back if they want. Uh, we're just worried that many law enforcement officials around the country see this as an opportunity to play fast and loose with those requirements. And so it's not to say that there aren't beneficial applications of this tech. There absolutely are. We just have to be following certain standards to make sure that the, the balance between public safety and civil liberties is a good one. And it's interesting that you mentioned notice requirements because, of course, with the last few years with the National Security Agency, uh, to the extent that uh, your and my rights have been violated with respect to surveillance conducted on email or phone records, of course, we have not been served notice. And right. under the Fourth Amendment, if you don't know your rights have been violated, there's no way for you to contest that violation of your rights. One of the key issues in the Fourth Amendment is the particularity requirement. They have to particularly suspect you or I 
of committing a crime and therefore you can go in and and uh, potentially violate that person's rights or inquire or search and seize. Um, the issue with bulk data collection under the NSA, the issue with drones is that it's bulk data collection. They can, uh, police can fly a drone over us, free speech protest, for example, and through facial uh, recognition technology, identify everyone who's there and start amassing databases and uh, profiling individuals. And so particularity is what is key. It's what many people don't understand about the Fourth Amendment. It's what our conversations need to include, that if Bob is suspected of committing a crime, go after Bob. You'll get a judge to sign off. It'll be easy. We simply are concerned where this tech enables the government to do mass surveillance, bulk data collection. Drones uh, facilitates that same thing. We need to make sure that this tech is only being used in a suspicion of crime signed off by a judge using a warrant. Connor Boyack is president of the Libertas Institute in Utah. Follow the Cato Institute's studies on civil liberties and technology at our website, cato.org.